Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The story behind the bizarre and disturbing Balenciaga controversy. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a rating. Leave a comment. Share it with a friend. All that good stuff. Podcast is growing. We love having you with us each and every day as we get through the news of the crane. We'd love to have more along for the ride. Why not? Strength in numbers. So joining me as always on this Friday, Junior, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips. What's going on, fellas? Well, I'm living the dream. As right? always. I mean, it's the best. It's the start of the best month of the year. And I know that I'm a broken record, a broken, obnoxious record. Yes. But I'm so happy that it's <laughs> my boss. Yes, you are an obnoxious <laughs> broken record. <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm happy it's December 1. It's that time of year. And even even my Christmas tree is up now. So. Oh, wow. It, it's up. I mean, See? I had nothing to do with it. My wife and kids did it, but. But it's still, up. we're off to the races now. Yeah, I didn't it's I happening. didn't deny it. We're off to the races. The Andros household is in. That means everyone's in. So uh, <laughs> a lot coming up on the pod. Uh, Billy, which story are you looking at today? Yes, the state of the Bible. What the basically how the Bible impacts people's lives when it comes to charitable giving. Very, very cool. We'll look forward to that. Also on the main thing, we're going to talk to Christian Post reporter Ian Giotti talking about Balenciaga. What a weird story that is. Very oh, disturbing, yeah. but worth going over because you've probably seen the headlines about it. So we'll dive into that and more. But first, we are going to get through the news in 90 seconds. And a former Twitter safety chief, Yoel Roth, admitted that censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story days ahead of the 2020 election was a mistake. He'd recently quit Twitter in protest over Elon Musk. Roth had been preparing to meet with the Biden administration's now disbanded Disinformation Governance Board to partner with the federal government and get more involved in efforts to monitor, quote unquote, misinformation. But Elon Musk apparently was uh, a bridge too far. So Walt Disney's controversial animated film, Strange World, which is a story that features their first openly gay teen character, it flopped in spectacular fashion. Production, which carried a reported $180 million budget, grossed just $18.6 million in sales in the first five days and just $11.9 million over the weekend in North American theaters. And a scripture about God's divine protection, provision, and comfort has become the most shared, bookmarked, and highlighted verse across the globe, according to YouVersion, the top-rated uh, mobile Bible app. The verse, Isaiah 41.10, which reads, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, any surprise that this Strange World film flopped? No, not at all. You know, this is what we've been, you know, talking about frequently, right? People, yeah. audiences are making it clear they are not interested in this in this content. Some audiences are, but most audiences aren't looking to bring their kids to watch a PG-rated gay teen romance. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just bizarre to me that that Disney can look and they can see. I mean, if you, if they just look at the numbers with Lightyear, uh, with uh, what was the name of that movie, the Panda movie, the Red Panda movie, Turning uh, Red. Turning, Turning red. red yeah. That movie had all kinds of concerns about it uh, for similar reasons. It's bizarre to me that Disney keeps doubling and tripling and quadrupling down, knowing that this is not 
what audiences are interested in. It is interesting, though, to see Bob Iger kind of try to temper that and say that he wants to quiet things down with the culture wars. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it will be interesting to see how that plays, because we've seen we've gotten a peek on the inside little glimpse into what's going on inside the walls at Disney. And you see these activists saying, we want to put our agenda in there. We want to be um, right. very open and clear and get these storylines in there. That's what we are all about. Gina Carano getting basically pushed out of Disney because she put beep bop boop in her. Uh, they would they they were making her put her pronouns in her bio and she just didn't want to do it. So then as a kind of an act of protest, put pronouns in there, but they were beep bop boop. So and then she gets fired. So anyway, that's the culture that's going on inside of Disney right now. So that's going to be interesting to see how this new tone works. Well, those trust numbers that we've talked about, right? When you have a company that everybody loves, it's a beloved company, and within a year, even though these were different surveys, you see a 50-point decline in people essentially trusting you. That's not something you're coming back from easily, A. And B, even if, as, as to your point, Dan, even if you try to come back from it, people are not going to forget these movies. They're going to live on forever, right? So yeah. it, I, I think that trust factor may go up a little bit, but I, I don't think they'll ever be what they were. No. Well, I mean, when you're when you're that huge of a company and you make such a big misstep, uh, your fall makes quite a big quite a big thud, you know. So it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to forget that. And also, even though Bob Iger said he wants to temper some of this culture war stuff, he's pretty leftist. Like he was one of the ones who was out there saying to Chapek when he was the president, "You need to condemn this. Don't say gay bill," which is not even what it was. Yeah. But anyway, so it'll be interesting to see if it's actually even possible for them to recover with with families at this point. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the pendulum before. And at what point? So the activists have kind of on the left have sort of had their reign right now where they've had their sun run, where everyone's listening to them and they're getting all this stuff pushed in there. But anytime you engage in the culture war, whether it's on the right or on the left, you're automatically going to aggravate half of your audience. So that's just not a good business model you're, you're instantly going to irritate half of the base. And I think there's this misperception among companies that are heavily run with left-wing activists. They think they're in the mainstream. I really do believe they actually think that sometimes. All the time. No, they, they do believe that. And I, and I would actually say it's almost some of this pushback is encouraging in that you know, you, it, there's never really been an equal playing field. You've had decades and decades of bias in all these different spheres, right? And now it's bubbling to the top. And even though the media and Hollywood and universities are all coming from a more secular perspective, the fact that there are enough people upset about this stuff to actually move the needle yeah. is really intriguing and fascinating. And I think it, it speaks to the truth of the gospel and the truth of these values, right? Yeah. Well, I think some of it too is that this is the danger of a company uh, becoming so big. And then as a result, they become insular. So it's just their little group of people and they operate in an echo chamber. We've seen that with legacy and corporate media, right? Is that they operate in this echo echo chamber that they think everything that they say must be what everyone across the rest of the country feels. Uh, and they end up being completely completely detached from actual reality. The moral of the story here for, for bigger businesses is Sure, you can have your ideals. I mean, we love it when Chick-fil-A will say something that supports Christian beliefs. But they're not out there jamming it down people's throats, right? They're not making explicitly named Christian menu items, things of that nature, right? Um, you know their views. You know them behind. There's a way to do it. Just stick to making the chicken. 
Stick to making the movies. Make things that are that are enjoyable for all audiences. Whenever they jam in these um, activist storylines in movies, it's so obviously forced, and it feels like it's been done with a gun to their head, and it just doesn't... It's distracting. It's distracting. It's not authentic. They did the same thing with Andor. I know you guys aren't watching the Star Wars stuff. A great storyline, and they jam in a gay yep. storyline and it just it just doesn't fit it's just it's just a distraction good word for yeah. it that you said i i 100 agree uh, couldn't agree with that more but anyway we could probably go on with that and um complain about it for a while but we'll leave it there and we'll go on into our next story and the american bible society it's out with another chapter of its 12th annual state of the bible so what did they find yeah, well, they found, I guess just to summarize it, and then we'll dig into it, that yeah. people who are engaged in Scripture, engaged in the Bible, and this is these are people who the Bible makes an impact on their life, how they view God, how they view others, those people are, quote, far more likely than others to donate to charity. And mm. this is an important point for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So what are, um, what are some of the common claims about Christians and generosity as it sort of digs into the to the findings. Yeah, well, this crosses over into the political, right? Because you'll have conservatives and liberals often debate about this. Who donates more, right? And, you know, Christians tend to be more conservative. And so this debate goes on and on where people in the secular world will say, well, Christians are, you know, hateful or they're not giving or they're not kind. You know, we have these conversations on all different issues, including the one we just talked about with Disney. And yet when you actually dig into the data, there are other studies that have shown this as well, that Christians are giving more. And when I say Christian, it's not just people who are claiming they're Christians. These are people, again, who are engaged in scripture. To give you an idea of what this actually looks like, combined Christians who are scripturally engaged gave an estimated $145 billion to charitable causes just in 2021 alone. So what what are the main differences between these Bible-engaged Christians and Americans and these Bible-disengaged Americans? So there, there are a couple of different differences. And just so people understand, because I think the big question is, well, what does it mean to be Bible engaged or Bible disengaged? Yeah, right. And, you know, when you look at the numbers, they actually give the respondents 14 questions and they fill them out and they're scored up to 100 points or more based on those questions. And so people who are Bible engaged, they have at least 100. People who are disengaged, I think, are under the score of 70. And those people who are disengaged, it basically means the Bible does not impact their life really at all. They rarely seek the Bible. They rarely go to scripture and it's based on their on their questions that they're answering so this isn't some made up statistic these are based on questions that these respondents and there were almost three thousand respondents um answered but to give you a some statistical differences let's go with a monetary value first i mentioned that 145 billion that went to charity that's about two thousand nine hundred and seven dollars per household right that's donated among bible engaged americans for the Bible disengaged, it's just nine hundred and twenty-four dollars. Mm. So that is a massive difference. It's a it's a two thousand dollar difference essentially uh, per year per household. That's interesting. So, um, what what sort of your big takeaway from this story as you were you were going through it? 
Well, you know, I was looking at some of the way they broke the data down. The fact that scripture engaged people are six times more likely to give to churches um, than people. They have this group called the movable middle. Those are the people who are in the middle of the two, the engaged and disengaged. Um, That's not shocking. But what was what was really interesting was to see that they give nine percent more than the disengaged and they give one hundred and sixty five percent more than the movable middle. So by all accounts, because some people will say, oh, they give they'll just give to churches. Christians only give to churches. They were giving to other charities as well. So for me, the takeaway is that when we have this discussion and this debate, especially when it comes to government, oh, Christians aren't supporting the government giving out, you know, more handouts to more things to the people. Well, when you look at this, we're seeing that Christians are putting their mouth, their money where their mouth is, A, more often than anybody else. Um, and B, they're living out the call. We should see this, right? We should see Christians because we're called to love God, love others, care for all of those around us, that they would have higher numbers. So it's actually encouraging in a lot of ways to see the patterns line up to scripture. Yeah. And that's always one of my biggest frustrations. You see it in the pro-life issue. Like, oh, you only care about life before uh, birth and you don't care about the baby once it's born. And, And the exact opposite of that is true. I mean, you see all the time Christians caring for people who maybe are talked out of getting an abortion at the clinic. Well, who's right there waiting for them with all the diapers and all the supplies and the support? There's Christians and churches and organizations that are all there filled with Christians doing that very same thing. And it's the same attack that you see on Christians when it comes to the poor. They say, well, they don't care about the poor. And they're just, all they care about is getting their tax cuts and everything else. Well, I think Christians like to uh, champion things like tax cuts because then they get more of their money to then decide where they're going to help with it. And whereas I think the other mindset, the other extreme of that is supporting the government doling all this stuff out. Well, I think you're probably less inclined to live if uh, to give if all of your tax money is going over to the federal government. Yeah, I think this story is a good reminder that the word of God always makes an impact on people who read it, right? So if you're engaged in scripture, it it can't help but leave an indelible mark on your life. It reminds me of when I was in college, uh, one of my RAs, his name was Mike. He grew up in like a a family that some of his family members were culturally Catholic, uh, but not really engaged in any sort of faith, really. Uh, And he just decided his grandma was was a, a believer, She gave him a Bible. He decided just to start reading it. No real understanding of faith at all. He just started at the beginning of the New Testament, or the Old Testament, I'm sorry, and just went all the way through to the end of the New Testament revelation. Uh, And it was then, after he finished reading Scripture, that he became a Christian because he said, Mm. I just couldn't read it and then not respond to it. Yeah. Uh, it left a mark on him as somebody who had no experience with scripture uh, to having picked it up cold turkey, read through it and became a believer. So yeah. uh, it's just a great reminder that like scripture says, it never returns void. I know. And it convicts you. It's going to convict your heart to, yeah. to move to action. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, we have to also mention there have been numerous studies now that have shown these ties, right? That have shown that people are happier when they read scripture and they're engaged in faith. People are more content. You know, this goes down the line. And so It's good to have these studies because it's sort of armor to go back and have these conversations with the people who are claiming things that just aren't true. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that one, Billy. Uh, We're going to head into the main thing now. And this story about Balenciaga, this fashion brand, that there were some disturbing images found and then a trend was found. Well, Christian Post reporter Ian Giotti joins us to break down all the details you might not have heard. That's today's main thing. So Balenciaga has landed itself in the middle of controversy. Ian, what in the world is going on here? Well, 
really, Billy, this is a, it's just a very strange and disturbing series of events. Essentially what happened is um, internet sleuths on social media eventually uncovered um, this, this uh, photo shoot um, involving a young girl um, splayed out on a couch with empty wine glasses, actually not empty, half drank in wine glasses. They, they had the appearance of having been consumed. She's laying there sort of, you know, sleepily on the couch uh, and she's clutching a, a, apparently it's a bag, it's a plush bag, but it's shaped like a teddy bear. The teddy bear is inexplicably dressed in fishnet stockings um, and uh, kind of BDSM flavored clothing uh, with two seemingly black eyes or bruised eyes. Um, it was just this bizarre juxtaposition of things. But of course, first and foremost, involving a small child made it extremely disturbing. Uh, and then as that kind of snowballed, um, people started going back into Balenciaga's other photo shoots and they found uh, one really strange shoot where it's otherwise kind of a straightforward um, a straightforward piece, but uh, there's a stack of books in the corner of the image. And one of the images is a reference to a, I believe it's a 2008 Supreme Court case involving child pornography. And again, it just seemed like a very random thing to have stacked uh, into uh, a, a, you know, a set of books into this image. It was very unsettling. It kind of fed into this whole narrative of what, what's Balenciaga up to. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, and you know this because we, we cover these things. And as you're covering stories and looking at them, you know, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw headlines on random websites at the start of this controversy and I saw things on social media, I thought, oh, is that real? Is this a conspiracy? You know, what what actually is this? And then obviously come to find out everything you just described. Not only is is it real, we're getting responses from the company on this now. And I want to start sort of there now that you kind of broke down these two big controversies. And there are some other little controversies brewing, but those are the two big ones, those two photo shoots. Um, and they weren't just photo shoots. Th these were campaigns that were actually released to the public, right? So you would imagine they would have gone through some scrutiny before they made their way um, to the website and to the public. But how has the company responded um, and you can feel free. I know there have been a couple of responses as these two controversies have unfolded, but maybe start with the first one or go with the most recent one. How are they um, sort of dismissing this or dealing with it? Well, it feels like the company has been a little bit slow to respond. Um, as is natural with big companies and controversies, they're trying to figure out their messaging and figure out exactly how big the impact of this is going to be. But once it started really picking up and snowballing and became viral, went global pretty quickly, um, the company really, I'll, I'll read the statement here. Let me just pull it up for you. They, they became very kind of clear about, okay, we're, we're going to kind of manage, uh, we're going to manage what we, what we're doing here. They, they wanted to, they wanted to avoid an all out and out apology that had to go once, um, once Kim Kardashian came out and said that she would be rethinking kind of her connection to the company, not, not pulling out of their deal, mind you, or anything like that, just consider, reconsidering her relationship. Um, the company went ahead and put out a statement. They said that they uh, sincerely apologize for any offense our holiday campaign may have caused. Our plush bear bags should not have been featured with children 
in this campaign, end quote. And they went on to say that they've kind of immediately removed uh, the campaign from all platforms. That's interesting. And, you know, you've you mentioned Kim Kardashian and she has been a very big, obviously, proponent. She's been a brand ambassador for Balenciaga. Right. So this is somebody. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe on Thursday night, the season finale of the Kardashians TV show that she's actually walking in their fashion show. So, you know, talk about the timing of this in light of um, that show. I believe that that was the most recent episode there as they concluded that season. So, you know, she also said, I have another one of her statements here. And by the way, people were, because of her relationship, and you know this, they were they were waiting for a reaction, a response from her. She uh, put out a series of tweets. One of them said, as a mother of four, I have been shaken by this, the disturbing images the safety of children must be held with the highest regard, and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society, period. But as you stated, she went on to then say she's reevaluating what that relationship will look like based on what um, the company does moving forward. Uh, what has been, and maybe that is the most surprising one, but there have been other celebrities who have spoken out. Also, there's been some silence among some celebrities. What has been the most surprising piece of that puzzle to you? Well, I mean, beyond uh, Kardashian's uh, statements, just the fact that she didn't immediately say, I'm no longer going to be doing business with this company, which many people found, um, you know, unsettling um, simply because of, of what's involved here. Um, it was also surprising to go back and look that her ex-husband, Kanye West, who's also been in the news relatively frequently um, over recent weeks, actually had a business relationship with them up until recently when Adidas which uh, Balenciaga's uh, combined with, uh, they, they kind of dropped Kanye as a, as a client. Uh, Kanye's featured in a whole, whole bunch of, uh, of, the, of these clothes. And so there's a relationship there as well. So as a couple, when they were married, they obviously fostered this kind of uh, relationship with the company. I found that to be fascinating. Um, I never was aware of it. I'm not a huge uh, fashion person, so I don't, wasn't really familiar with the brand, but finding that out, that was strange. Um, but just this idea that uh, really that um, Kardashian wouldn't uh, immediately walk away from the relationship, I think has caused quite a bit of a buzz on the internet, yeah. The last question for you is just the long-term impact. And obviously we can't know that, but I'm seeing some experts predict that this could be a major, major blow um, to the company. What do you think? Yeah, I don't see how it, it couldn't be. Um, this isn't something you, you sweep under the rug and forget about. This isn't a rebranding thing. This involves, you know, a very high visibility brand um, doing something that that they don't really they can't explain or justify. Um, and I think you're going to see the market react to that. I think you're going to see. Um, well, I think you're, you would expect to see those who have ties with the company distance themselves. But again, in the case of Kardashian, we haven't seen that to this point. And so I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're a little bit in uncharted territory here because simply put, we're not used to a brand of this visibility and scope being put under the microscope like this for, for its content. And I guess we're going to have to find out together exactly what else there is that um, we have yet to uncover. Well, listen, Ian, as always, appreciate your time and looking forward to having you back again sometime soon. Always appreciate being with you, Billy. Thank you. All right, Billy and Ian, thanks for breaking that down there. Appreciate that. That leaves us with time with one last 
thing. So we're going to look at Mark 1:34, and I know we're kind of picking it up in the middle of the story here, but I'll read the verse and then give a little context. So it says, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Obviously, we're talking about Jesus. It said he would not permit the demons, though, to speak because they knew him. So Jesus had been healing people left and right and telling them and even the demons that he cast out not to spread word of who he was yet, even though he obviously could have gained a lot of fame and notoriety. But he was waiting on God's timing to reveal himself. And that just struck me when I read it the other day, because I thought if Jesus restrained himself to wait on his heavenly father, how much more should we as followers of Christ be doing that ourselves? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And multiple times, if you see that Jesus tempted in the wilderness as well here, you can have the whole kingdom. All you have to do is say the word. Um, same thing. This this guy, this this man that he was jeered on the cross, you know, could just should be able to just say a word and have, you know, all these angels, you know, free him. And and um, he didn't yeah. because he was being obedient. Waiting on the Lord, right? It's one of the hardest yeah. things, patience. But I think it's a great example and a great point, Trey, for us to look to Jesus, obviously, in all things. But this is one that we don't often think about enough. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've made it through Friday, Junior. Friday is right around the corner. Uh, I appreciate you, as always, sticking around with us and hanging with us, getting through the news of the cray of the podcast. As always, you can get more over at cbnnews.com, faithwire.com. And Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we'll be back here tomorrow with more of the same. God bless. Have a fantastic rest of your day.